Hey everyone, welcome in to another episode of Real Sports Talk by Naraj. Everybody's doing well on this Tuesday. I'm gonna recap NFL Week 15 and all of the games and storylines and things that we saw. And what an unexpected result from yesterday's Monday Night Football game. Totally did not expect that. And this is why this time of the year, a lot of teams um, that are playing well you know, can have some losses here and there that really make a question whether or not they are legitimate Super Bowl contenders. Um, now, everybody deals with injuries in a different way, but, you know, the success that you have early on in the season, maintaining that success, that level of play is always a challenge, and we're seeing that with the Pittsburgh Steelers. But what I'll get started talking about um, is the game that took place between the Miami Dolphins and the New England Patriots. So, the Miami Dolphins defeated the New England Patriots 22-12, officially eliminating the Patriots from playoff contention. It's the first time since 08. Patriots will not be in the postseason. A great run for that, for that franchise and Super Bowl championships and all that. But we know that they just are not going to be as good without Tom Brady, without some of their key defensive players and with a lot of lack of weapons on the outside. Tua had an okay game. He moved the chains, made some plays with his legs. Um, did have one interception, which he needs to make sure that he doesn't do that again in the red zone. But other than that, he played an okay game. Um, really did a good job of just managing the game. Uh, we know that Bill Belichick has had so much success against rookie quarterbacks. I think this was the first time in a while that a rookie quarterback defeated Bill Belichick. But it was mostly uh, the running game that really proved to be the difference in this game. Um, and two was getting better as a passer. It's all about him being consistent and being able to have those kind of performances where he's throwing 200 yards, 300 yards of offense. You know, that's what we want to see from Tua and all these quarterbacks is be able to have performances where you throw for 200 yards, 300 yards on a consistent basis. But that's what makes the great to the elite kind of difference for quarterbacks. Um, so Tua did just fine in that, you know, department. Miami had 250 yards rushing, 250 yards rushing combined. Uh, undrafted rookie, I think, Savannah Ahmed and Matt Breed, the veteran, combined for that um, that rushing total. So Miami lead on their running game and their defense. The pass defense it didn't get help much offense from the offense of Cam Newton and the Patriots. I mean, that's been a story all season long. It's like the Patriots' defense has been the anchor, as it was last year actually as well with Tom Brady. Um, but the offense just has not been able to put up points on a consistent basis. Cam Newton just does not look like he can, you know, do much. Um, and he's come back from injury, yes, but, you know, he just hasn't had those kind of games, those kind of performances that we're used to seeing. And, yes, it's a new offense and everything's been kind of built in a different way, but in the past don't have any kind of difference makers. I mean, Edelman is old, you know, getting older now. Uh, they just don't have the speed, the energy on the, on the offensive side of the ball to make something happen. And that's the biggest challenge they just have is just being able to challenge teams down the field, get 20 plus yards of you know passes or, or plays. They just cannot do it on a consistent basis enough. And they may have won six games this year, but most of those games were really because of their defense and their running game. Running game just hasn't been there. It's been very inconsistent. 
for the New England Patriots. Um, and Cam Newton, is he the you know is he the one to blame? I I don't think so. It's a combination of every, a lot of things, but you know Cam has been able to do some things well at times. Other times he hasn't been able to do well. And the biggest thing that people have talked about Cam Newton throughout his career is his accuracy, and that just comes and goes so much that it's hard to see him being able to be back in New England next year because Bill Belichick's probably going to want you know to go with the younger option. Now, Jerry Sim is an option there, but, you know, the, the Pats have a lot of figuring things to do out. You know, they have a lot of holes on this offense that they have to work on. They need some tight ends for sure. Um, and they got to recreate some kind of identity on offense. Got to do that um, if they ever want to get back to winning football games. But knowing Bill Belichick and his history and his track record, I'm sure he'll be very, very motivated to bounce back next year. Uh, the question is, who will be the quarterback? And with this defense, with the you know, with the other pieces coming back, will they be dominant? Will they be uh, the reason why the Patriots get back in the winning, winning column next year? Um, that is something we have to watch out for because that is their hope. And Bill Belichick, you know, probably will be hungry and motivated to to show that he can win without Tom Brady. This season didn't work out so well for him, but. They're going to finish off some games here, and I'm sure they're going to have a lot of things to figure out in the offseason with their quarterback uh, spot there. The Chicago Bears uh, shocked me this weekend, this past weekend, by beating the Minnesota Vikings 33-27. to um, David Montgomery had a huge game on the ground, uh, I think 140 yards rushing, two touchdowns. The running game finally emerged. You know, I was wondering where was this running game during their losing streak. Now, maybe he had some okay performances during the, that losing streak, but that running game was not as good uh, when they were losing games. They were getting behind. And so maybe in this game, they were able to really just pace the ball well. Uh, good call, you know, good game plan by Matt Nagy. I mean, he knew that Trubisky wasn't going to give him much anyways. He's playing okay. They're not winning because of Trubisky right now. They're winning because he's managing the game, they're running the football, and they're playing some key defense at the right time. Um, so, you know, the Bears have some small playoff hopes left. They're 7-7 seven and seven now. And, you know, they have a couple of games left now, which they could win, but, you know, it remains to be seen if they will. Um, Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson for the Minnesota Vikings did play better in this game. I just think that the Vikings defense just wasn't there. They didn't do enough to give the offense a chance, you know, to close the gap in this game, in the second half especially. There was a chance that the defense could have made one play or two. Maybe they could have done something, but Chicago's offense just made conversions, made key plays to stay ahead of the chains, and that's why the Vikings ended up losing this game. So Mike Zimmer, I mean, he's had a, you know, it's been a tough year for the Minnesota Vikings. They obviously underperformed in a lot of areas. I think defensively, they gotta find a way to get back to that level they used to play at. They gotta get back some some cornerbacks, or they gotta get improve this team. Uh, maybe a different play style, different scheme will do them better because just not it just hasn't worked for the Minnesota Vikings this year, um, and they are on the outside looking in. They are gonna miss the postseason, um, which you know they have been built an offense in a kind of way that they should be able to make the playoffs, but they just have not been good. Dalvin Cook 
no doubt has played great this year. He had a nice game, you know, against the Chicago Bears, but you know, they just they need that defense to really get back to playing good football. And they're gonna need some new pieces on that defense, I think, um, for next year to be much better, especially in the secondary, because the secondary just has not been the same this year. They've struggled to defend the pass. And then tackling-wise, the Vikings have a lot of things to clean up because they you know, just could not make plays against Chicago. When, when you know, this offense of Chicago hasn't been that great, there should have been a chance for the Vikings to you know, win this game. And they weren't afforded the opportunity because of, of the defense not being able to get off the field on key situations. So, for Trubisky and his future in Chicago, I mean, everybody knows that they're probably going to go in a different direction. There's a good chance that Trubisky is gone. Nick Foles may be gone as well. Um, You know, it remains to be seen. It remains to be seen if Trubisky will be on the team next year. There's a good chance that he won't because he has not played at the level um, that you were expecting to play at. And this recent performances that he, he has had, I don't take much into that. So, I mean, he may be able to be a good backup somewhere else. Uh, Chicago is going to be interesting to see if they go in a different direction. They could go with Nick Foles next year, or they could just go with a, a new quarterback completely. Um, there will be some veteran quarterbacks on the market. You know, the draft will have some prospects there. So... Chicago, knowing their history and how they passed up on some quarterbacks and what's on—I mean, they may not have a big, you know, they may not have a, have a good draft pick because of the, you know, they obviously are at seven and seven. But they may be able to to get a veteran quarterback who can help them win right now. Questions: Can Matt can Matt Nagy come back? Will he be back next year? Is a question uh, for Chicago, and that's something that we have to watch out for in the NFL coaching circles. The Indianapolis Colts and Tennessee Titans won their respective matchups this week. They both are still tied at 10 and 4, which means the AFC South is coming down to you know the wire here. I think one of these teams may or may not have a chance to host a playoff game, depending on how things fall in the AFC. Um, so both teams won this week in their matchups. The Houston Texans and Deshaun Watson gave. Uh, the Colts and Phil Rivers more of a fight. The Colts won 27 to 20. I think you know there was some plays to be made by Houston. They had some costly turnovers. The Colts' running game is starting to emerge uh, more and more with Jonathan Taylor, and that's a good thing for this offense because if they have to play on the road, um, they're going to need that running game to really be be at the at the top, um, you know, top form, so they can really help Rivers make passes. The passing offense has been doing much better. You're seeing guys step up. T.Y. Hilton had a good stretch. Zach Pascal. So the Colts are clicking on offense. Their defense obviously now healthy, playing at a much better level. Um, and they will be a team to watch out for going forward. They have to close the deal, although is a question, because they have two games left um, in which you know they have to get it done. And we're going to see if they can be, you know, finish a deal and make the postseason because that's what they brought Phillip Rivers to Indianapolis for. As for Tennessee, they played the Detroit Lions, which was, a, you know, not a great opponent, but they had to obviously keep up their winning 
I wish it did. Ryan Tannehill is heating up at the right moment. Derrick Henry on his way to another uh, rushing title this year. Another 100-yard-plus game. Um, Tennessee is playing well. The key for Tennessee is can they play well against you know quality opponents with a team with a winning record because that's where most of their losses this season are to the Cleveland Browns to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, you know, so it's all about how they they fare against the top competition. Ryan Tannehill does usually play well this time of the year. We're seeing in the last couple of games. But Tennessee's defense has to step up and show what they did last year. That defense has to step up um, to support this running game. Um, but it's all about Henry and Ryan Tannehill. They were paid the most money by Tennessee this year in terms of like team-wise. These two are expected to perform at a high level. They're doing so, but they really have to earn their uh, their money and their value by getting back to the postseason and winning the postseason, which is what what, they, what they've been looking to do since last year's AFC Championship game loss. So that's what I'm looking for Tennessee. Is how they do they fare? They will get a great test when they play the Green Bay Packers um, coming up. I think on Sunday Night Football. Uh, you know, in the coming week, so that will be very, very important for the Tennessee Titans. The Seattle Seahawks beat the Washington Football Team 20 to 15. Wilson and Metcalf had a decent game. I expected more from Wilson and Metcalf. I thought they were really put on more points against Washington, but Washington defense played well. Um, the running game was was there for Washington. You know, Seattle. But that that passage of Washington did get them some trouble. So, you know, overall, Seattle is in great position to win the NFC West. Uh, they are getting a, a good running effort now from Chris Carson. Their running game is getting better, uh, and they're going to need that running game, obviously, in the postseason with some key, uh, you know, key uh, moments and stuff. So it's good to see their running game um, play well. You know, and that's a good sign for Seattle as a team because their defense definitely needs to be off the field more um, against quality more you know, quality opponents. So you know, it's very important that Seattle's defense continues to play well. They did play well in this game, but it was against Dwayne Haskins and Washington, which with Haskins it's just really tough to see what's going on with him. I mean, the talent you know here and there is around him, but just hasn't been able to play a whole lot. He hasn't played well when he has. And the problem is that Washington may not, you know, keep him around. Hard to believe that, but they may not keep him around. Um, Ron Rivera is, you know, trying to win now. This defense is, you know, a good defense, to be honest. So they they have some good pieces in place. The, the offense leaves a lot to be desired. And I don't know if Dwayne Haskins is going to get a chance, you know. To be the start of this team going forward. Alex Smith is still there. Um, you know, so there's a lot of things that are moving around with this team that it's hard to see what will happen. You know, Kyle Allen as well. Washington, many, many a quarterback. You know, it's, it's a lot of things that Washington needs to get right if they want to be able to compete. But they still have a chance at the NFC East crown. I'm hoping they lose again next week. They want the Giants to have a chance at them. Um, but, you know, honestly, Seattle's defense was able to get some turnovers. They got to do that more against the L.A. Rams, Cardinals, which they have done, but they got to do it 
um, more so in the postseason because Russell Wilson, you know, won't be able to win you all the games. He is, you know, one of the best quarterbacks we know right now this, this year. He's played so well, but we know that, you know, if he doesn't have it going, then they need their defense to step up. And Jamal Adams seems to have been playing much better since finally being healthy um, and getting, you know, getting more comfortable with his defense. So it's a good sign to see Jamal Adams do well, but to be honest, I think the real test for him will come when he plays in the postseason, and we'll see how well can he play at that time, uh, depending on how, which matchup they draw in the postseason. Tampa Bay had a close win over the Atlanta Falcons, 31-27. The Bucks offense is getting better. Uh, they're playing, you know, more better in terms of passing. Evans, Godwin, Antonio Brown had a touchdown catch. This defense. Uh, the Buccaneers defense really has to step up. There's, there's still a big question mark about this Buccaneers team. Is you know can their defense be the one to get turnovers? Can they keep? Can their defense keep the offense in the game? That's what I'm really looking forward to seeing. If they do, do draw, you know, Seattle or you know, Cardinal or some team, like can their defense be good enough to to win them the game? That's what I'm looking out for. Speaking of the Arizona Cardinals, the Cardinals outlasted the Eagles 33-26. It was great to see Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins get, you know, a good, you know, report with each other in this game. They were able to make some plays together. Hopkins had over 100, uh, I think, 100 yards receiving, a touchdown this game. He played well. The Cardinals obviously looked much better, again, trying to, you know, work on their offense. So, you know, Kyler Murray played much better. He kept things going, he used his arm well, you know, and they they needed Kyle Murray to come out and play well, they, they, they got off to a fast start, they got a lead actually in this game as well, and you know, it's all about them having a balance of running, the running game and the, and the passing game, and Kyle Murray, as long as he's making plays, extending plays and making good throws, not turning the ball over, then they can definitely win a lot of games, they can surprise a lot of teams in the NFC for sure. Uh, so Cardinals are eight, 8 and 6 now and their playoff hopes are right inside they have to finish strong now with Chicago right right behind them Jalen Hurts for the Philadelphia Eagles played better than I thought I mean, what a game he had uh, I think he had 3 touchdowns in this game really passed the ball well now it was against the Cardinals defense which is not you know one of the top 10 defenses or top 15 defenses I mean, maybe they are but Cardinals defense isn't a defense that I view as, you know, a good measuring stick. But, you know, Jalen Hurts is playing, like, you know, Jalen Hurts is playing, you know, football, like, kind of, at, you know, stress-free, to be honest. He's making the most out of his situation. The Eagles aren't expected to compete as well, you know, right now, obviously. I mean, they, although they still have a chance, to be honest, which is crazy to sound, but still have a chance, you know, the, to make something happen. Um, so it's all about development and getting a look at, look at Jalen Hurts. You know, he's going to have to really uh, keep playing well. I mean, a lot of teammates, a lot of people still believe in Carson Wentz and his ability to play, um, to be the quarterback for this team going forward. It's just that Jalen Hurts is getting a chance to play now, and the offense just looks more energized, more better, more free-flowing. Um and he gave his team a chance actually at the end to win this game, but or sorry, not to win the game, but to tie the game, and they weren't able to make that play. But you know, Hurts showed some great mobility, some great poise in the pocket with his 
ability to run and you know he's going to be um, a really good player for them to to you know to look at next year. Now, will he be the starter next year? It's hard to say because it's only been two games, very small sample size. Um, very small sample size, and you know we don't really know what's gonna happen with um, you know Carson Wentz situation. You know, it's all about how do they do um, in terms of you know building this offense. You know. They obviously need to get healthy on the offensive line. The running game has been okay, but they really need to get healthy. And what's what's happening is there's been a lot of conversation about you know Doug Peterson and Carson Wentz's relationship. And Doug Peterson seems to coach well uh, when Carson Wentz is not in the lineup. So there's a lot of things that are being reported. Carson Wentz wants out if you know Hurts is going to be quarterback. So there's a lot of interesting situations that will happen in the front office in the office this year. Could there be a quarterback competition next year? It's possible. I really think that for Carson Wentz, if he really wants to, you know, prove something, he's gonna have to accept the fact that, you know, Hurts is gonna finish out this season. Obviously, have a, you know, a battle in the preseason for the starting role. You know, come back and try to get yourself mentally right, physically right, uh, because he, Carson Wentz has turned the ball over a lot this year and his play was so bad that it opened the door for Jalen Hurts so I think for Jalen Hurts he just gotta keep playing well show what he excuse me what he's got see what happens but Carson Wentz's contract is so you know massive and so big that the Eagles to get out of it it's gonna be hard and I think they really need to just run it back with the same team uh, but they need to add some pieces on the, on the on the running side, offensive side of the ball, um, and they really need to see which quarterback really emerges, um, or if not, go Jalen Hurts, you know, go you know full clean. But I think Carson Wentz' career, I mean, it is definitely on the line um, in terms of like this off season, whatever does happen, the conversations that that do come up, I think will be very very important. To see what happens, you know, which quarterback will step up and you know lead this Eagles team next year. That is the biggest question on this franchise. They'll have to figure that out eventually. The New York Jets pulled off the upset against the LA Rams. Uh, this is probably the best game that Sam Darnold has played in a long time. The defense really did a good job of you know, disrupting the flow of the Rams early on in this game, getting after Jared Goff, sacking him, pressuring him, you know, things like that. Um, you know, so it was a good effort by the New York Jets. Um, the running game with Frank Gore was there. Jets build a lead in this game. Uh, even though the Rams, they wake up and start coming back. It was a nice fourth down play made by Marcus May. She broke up the pass. The Rams elected to not go for the field goal. Um, and, you know, the Jets took advantage of that. Donald made some nice plays. And so it's good to see him, turn, you know, not turn the ball over, play well enough. And most people would probably think, like, why would the Jets want to win this game? They should be looking for Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields. To be honest, it's very easy to say that. But a lot of these players on the Jets probably still want to win games. So they still want to... Ha- 
you know, have a season where they can say they won a game. So, yes, Trevor Lawrence has looked great. Um, Justin Fields as well, just to a certain extent. I mean, I've always been a big fan of Sam Darnold. I think he's obviously showed some good promise. You know, he's been obviously hurt by the lack of weapons, offensive line, coaching um, on this team. You know, he played well enough to give him a, at least a shot to be on the team next year. But the Jets do blow it up this time again. I mean, they really got to start up with Adam Gase and let the new coach come in and decide if he wants to keep Sam Darnold. I think that's fair to Sam Darnold. Now, yes, he has regressed a lot in his third year. Um, he hasn't been healthy most of the time. And when he has played, he's looked really, really bad at times. Um, but against the LA Rams, he showed some good passes, some good promise. I don't know if it's enough to keep him on the New York Jets, but you know, if Sam Darnold is the quarterback of the Jets next year, or if he's not, I think you know he's going to get better. And it's all about which coach comes in or which coach he will be working with, because that's the key for him to have a good NFL career. There's no doubt he still has a chance to make a good career in the NFL. Questions: Will the Jets give him give him that chance, or will another team be getting his services in the off season? Um, but the Jets have to build this team the right way. They gotta obviously keep trying to develop their talent, um, you know, on the <clears throat> on the team. You know, here they have to keep that running game fresh and better. But you know, Perrine. Gore may or may not be back next year. So the Jets have a lot of questions on defense and offense they have to figure out. The next thing for the Jets to figure out is obviously their head coach because Adam Gase will not be the coach next year. I don't see that happening. It'd be a huge surprise if he did become, you know, if he stays as coach next year. But they got to obviously hire a coach that can make good decisions, can coach well, let him decide on Sam Darnold and this team. They got to get better. Uh, they got to be patient with the, uh, in terms of building this team. Joe Douglas has to do a better job as well. And if they can you know, find a way to get a good coach and a good front office, GM and something like that. You know, like, they have some, you know, Joe Douglas is still early in the job, so we have to give him time. But Adam Gates has got to go and for Sam Darnold, I just hope that he just finishes out playing well and let's see what happens. But, you know, you always want to see a team win a game. I don't enjoy seeing teams lose games. And so I was happy the Jets won a game, even though they may have compromised their draft position. Um, you know, there's no guarantee about Trevor Lawrence, how he will pan out. I mean, he looks great, and he, maybe he will be great. Um, but there's a lot of questions still about the draft that aren't, aren't going to be clear until later on. So I think the Jets did a good job, and they should be, be happy that they won this game, um, at, least for their, at least for themselves, and so to have some kind of confidence that they've been playing well at times during this year and they finally were able to get a win which we want to see you know a lot of teams just step up and win games so I'll leave it at that but I'm hopeful that Darnold gets a good chance to maybe be a quarterback either the Jets next year or somewhere else I think he still has some good talent in him to be a good one the Chiefs defeated the New Orleans Saints 32-29 Patrick Mahomes was just really uh good in this game. The Saints defense did play well. Uh, they just were not able to make, you know, enough plays. There was a costly, like, you know, miscue they had where I think at the end of the half, 
I think it was 14 to 7, and the Saints got like a fumble or something, but they weren't able to recover it in the end zone. Instead, the ball rolled out, out, you know, out, out of the end zone for a safety. So they missed some opportunities. Drew Brees, you know, a little bit rusty, obviously, coming back from the broken ribs injury. Got, he was rusty early on. He got stronger as the game went along. Um, you know, Kamara's got to obviously do much better. Um, I think he had an okay game, but not on that level that you have to have to beat the Chiefs. Um, but, you know, Mahomes was just too good in this game. He made a lot of plays, um, you know, key situations, good kicking um, by, you know, the Chiefs kicker there. You know, so overall, I mean, the Chiefs just paced this game. They had, a, I think, a huge rushing performance from the running backs you know, and Bell and Hilaire. Uh, Edwards Hilaire has a high ankle sprain, so he may not be able to play this week. But, you know, Kamara's the kind of guy that he needs to obviously play better. I think there's a couple of games now where he hasn't played at the best level he has. So, you know, that's something to watch out for. Now, they didn't have Michael Thomas, so that, you know, obviously hurt them. But it was a good effort by the Saints. Drew Brees looked better towards the end of the second half. And Saints are still in a, in a good position, to be honest, to you know, win in the postseason, but they need to obviously try to improve their playoff position as much as possible so they have a home game in the postseason. You know, but the Chiefs had 179 yards rushing, 918 on third down. So, you know, when the Chiefs do that and they have, a, you know, a, a game like that where Mahomes is clicking on in terms of offense, you know, and the running game is there, then they're hard to beat no matter what you do. Um, so that's the thing for the Saints. They have to really bounce it back and get better on their defense in terms of stopping the run. Um, now both the Browns and Ravens are in prime position um, to make the AFC playoffs with their victories this week. Um, the, the, you know, the Steelers open up the door um, for the Ravens and the Cleveland Browns. Maybe more so the Cleveland Browns, I would say, um, because the Pittsburgh Steelers lost to the Cincinnati Bengals last night. 27 uh, to 17, I think, was the score, if I remember correctly. Um, so that was the score of the game. And, you know, it's going to be interesting with the Steelers now because they've lost now three games in a row. Ben Rotzeberger has not been looking good. Um, you know, he's, you know, he had a fumble early on, he had an interception. You know, there were just some things like that that really hurt them early on in this game and the Steelers just haven't had a consistent effort from their you know running game I mean it's been a big struggle for this team they just cannot seem to get a running game going when they need it the most um, you know the Bengals built an early lead in this game the Steelers try to come back they were able to come back um, but they just were not able to convert on certain opportunities. Um, ben Roethlisberger, you know, has obviously gone to the point where he's playing at a level which, you know, he needs help in that running game, in that defense. Now, the Pittsburgh Steelers defense does not have, you know, Devin Bush and Bud Dupree. Yes, they don't have their, you know, two of their best defensive players, but this defense was playing well. And you're playing the Cincinnati Bengals should have been able to win this game 
I thought it was an easy win for the Steelers, actually, to be honest. But the Bengals just, you know, took advantage of the Steelers' three turnovers, got the lead early, made some key plays on certain situations, a um, couple of drops here and there. You know, the Bengals played more physical, kept the Steelers, you know, you know, in front of them. And, you know, Rotzenberger did make, you know, they did have a chance at the end. There was this pass down the field to, I think, Claypool or Deontay Johnson or something like that. And maybe the Bengals did get away with a pass interference penalty. Um, but the slow start by the Steelers, running game, not not a factor at all. And Ben Roethlisberger struggling a little bit. They've lost three games now in a row. And, you know, they have opened the door, opened the door now because if Cleveland wins one more game which they probably will, depending on how things go. Although, you know, the Jets winning a game now, I mean, that matchup all of a sudden, you know, you never know. But, you know, Baltimore, I'm not sure about Baltimore. I mean, they may or may not be able to catch the Steelers, but the Browns have a chance now. And, you know, Pittsburgh just has to, you know, kind of run it back, look at the film, Got to do a bunch of tackling, converting on third downs. They can't get off to a slow start. And that's the running game. I'm going to say it again. This running game has got to do something more. I don't think that performance was good enough for the running game last night. Rosterberger obviously has to play to be better. Um, they get a good test this week, I think, coming up. They faced the Indianapolis Colts, I believe. Um, so the Steelers have a lot of work to do because they were one of the, they were the top team. They were 11-0, undefeated team. Lost three games in a row. Now the Chiefs have now taken the number one seed. So, you know, can the Chiefs, can the Steelers find their energy they had early on in the season and find a way to win games going forward? That will be something to watch out for. Um, but boy, is the AFC South, AFC North getting interesting. Um, the AFC South, obviously, NFC East is still up, still up, up in the air. Um, and you know, we're going to see a lot of important games coming up in the coming week which will determine me more things about the full season but I would say this about you know some of the teams that are you know the competition the Buffalo Bills you know are there you know Chiefs are there Steelers are there and now we know the Steelers you know against these teams every team you know has their strengths and weaknesses but you know which you know I'm looking at the look at the Bills and the Steelers, look at the Ravens and the Browns, um, and Tennessee. I think you know Tennessee, Cleveland. They're, these are two teams that are really potentially dangerous in terms of like taking down a top seed. Um, if they if they draw the right matchup, then it could be very interesting. And we're all for that. We want to see. Uh, the Browns make the postseason. We want to see the Ravens make the postseason. Uh, it's a good chance that Miami may be on the outside looking in. But key games coming up this weekend in Miami, if they really going to make the postseason, they have to end up finishing strong because they face Oakland Raiders. So not Oakland Raiders. I said Oakland Raiders. Las Vegas Raiders this week. And then they uh, play, I think, um, I think another game down the stretch. I think against Buffalo. So Miami is a team that can shake up a lot of things that they win their remaining two games and and we're gonna see you know the Colts against the Colts and Steelers matchup will be important because if, if the Colts end up losing that game 
it opens the door wide open for the, for the Miami Dolphins. So there's a lot of things, a lot of scenarios that are going to be coming up in, in the weeks to come. And I'm looking forward to talking all about it. I'll try to get in some previews this week, depending on, you know, the holidays coming up on Thursday and Friday. Um, but I'll be back a little bit later talking about some college basketball hoops and then, you know, try to get into some more things later this week. So in this segment, I want to just recap a little bit of college basketball action from the past weekend, December 19th to December 20th. There were um, some notable games on the schedule. Some teams obviously haven't been able to play as much um, due to the pandemic and rescheduling and cancellations, but I always enjoy seeing some of the top 15, top 20, top 10 matchups in college basketball. I always think those are the games that you want to see. Um, more so than anything and so um, this past Saturday got to see number three Iowa go up against number one Gonzaga now Gonzaga has not played in a while I think this was their fourth game or fifth game something along those lines so it was really nice to see Gonzaga get back um, in action in terms of you know they obviously were playing some games and then, you know, obviously some games got canceled and rescheduled, but, you know, they were able to play Iowa, play Iowa, you know, this past week. And they handed Iowa their first loss of the year with a 99-88 to victory. Jalen Suggs, their guard, had a career-high 27 points. Gonzaga shot 50% from three-point um, range. Iowa only shot 18%, which is not what they were doing before. Um, one of the games where they just did not have the three-point shooting going. Um, and Gonzaga was more physical, out-rebounded Iowa, um, which let them, you know, get ahead and win the game. Luke Garza, who I've been talking about, one of the best players so far, and a potential top draft pick in the next year's NBA draft. He had 30 points. He played well in several stretches of the game. What Iowa needed was more of a performance, more of a better performance from their um, other shooting guards, especially Bohannon, McCaffrey. You know, these guys really have to bring it all the time. I thought they would be you know, really motivated to go up and get this game, but it started a little bit slow caught in the second half it wasn't enough um, but it was nice to see Gonzaga get back to play um, college basketball you know back in the flow of things and this game actually between Iowa and Gonzaga took place at a place called Sykes Falls in South Dakota a really nice um, you know court called Heritage Court um, and this building the state-of-the-art basketball arena this venue um, was you know talked about and covered a bit a lot in terms of um, you know the kind of design kind of flooring uh, there's a great story about it on CBS Sports if anybody wants to search this up you know Sykes Falls Heritage Court um, really a nice venue for a lot of games to be held actually this year 
um, in terms of pandemic, uh, you know, COVID restrictions and all. What a great story this place is. They've hosted a lot of good games here. Um, and, you know, both teams were able to play a good game. And Gonzaga coming out on top, um, shaking off the rust, actually. Um, not being in a place for so long. Good to see them back in action. Hopefully they get to play some more games in, in the coming weeks and coming days. Number four, Michigan State lost their first game of this year, uh, 79 to 65. Now we know how big Tom Izzo is about you know winning and defense and all those things. Michigan State this is not have a good game uh, at all. I mean, it starts with obviously Tom Izzo, he knows that himself, but his players did not execute. Um, they kind of played out of character and style. Defense, rebounding, shooting from the perimeter were their strengths so far this year. They did not get that going against Northwestern. You know, they started slow, weren't able to recover in time to make it a game. And Northwestern gives them credit for just kind of hanging in there, making shots not letting themselves get beat with anything. Um, so it was nice to see that. It was definitely nice to see that um, you know, from, from this group. Uh, Northwestern obviously hasn't been one of the top known programs in college basketball, but they do compete and they do have a nice style of play. Uh, Michigan State missed a lot of shots from everywhere. I think they were eight of 31 from three. Northwestern actually got better performances from their players. I think one person had 30 points, other had 15. I think it was Boo Boy and I think Derek Nance or Peyton Nance, or Pete Nance, sorry, Pete Nance. So these two guys really played well from Northwestern overall. Um, so Michigan struggled defensively. They never got in rhythm. They got to do better, um, especially in the second half of games. Uh, it's been a bit of a pattern now. They've been able to win, but you know, this recent loss, I think it really wake this, this team up. Um, and they will obviously still be a force when the rankings do come out later on this week. Now, Rutgers beat Illinois 91-88. Now, Rutgers is number 19, obviously. Illinois is number 13. What a huge win for the Rutgers Scarlet Knights and the program. They're off to a 6-0 start, which is awesome to see happening after the kind of you know stuff that's been going around Rutgers and sports over the years. It's nice to see their college basketball team really enter the top 25 and now top, you know, they definitely would be ranked higher after this. Um, they're playing at a great level. Um, guys are really buying in, stepping up, uh, competing hard, and that's the biggest thing you want to see in Rutgers basketball. This is why they have a chance to, to make some kind of noise in the Big Ten. It's early still, yes, but they are proving to play some good games here. You know, their recent two victories against Syracuse and Illinois, they have shown some promise, some, you know, fortitude. And they've been led by Ron Harper, who has been playing at an all-time high level. Another impressive performance. I think he had 28 points, 9-15 shooting. Jacob Young stepped up with 24 points. Rutgers came, overcame a double-digit deficit at halftime. Uh, they kept fighting and being competitive at the right time. I think they, they put the game away on a 12-1 run, I think. Um, and you know, they're obviously doing a good job of just playing within their strengths, making the right shots at the right time. And this team is flowing in the right direction. I'm really loving what I'm seeing from Rutgers and they're gonna get challenged more and more as the season goes along. But 
Uh, boy, have they done a good job so far of winning games, uh, being competitive, and giving their fan base a chance to you know root for them on TV and to make you know it more interesting there in Piscataway, New Jersey. Uh, we definitely want to see uh, the teams do well. Um, you know, they've obviously been able to uh, enter the Big Ten now, and for some some time, you know, you, you know, we thought that Rutgers maybe should have been the Big Ten, but they really earned their opportunities. Greg Schiano's back now as head coach of the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. I'm sure he'll turn them around. So, you know, the basketball team, although you know they've been through a lot of things, and to see them come out and play well with Ron Harper, Jacob Young, and these guys, it's really really good to see. And hopefully, Rutgers can end this. In a 30-year like you know drought they've had in terms of like not making it to the NCAA tournament, they've made it to yes other kind of Big East or Southern Big East, but like they made it to some some notable games throughout the years. But the biggest thing is trying to end that 30-year drought and making it to the NCAA tournament. And they can just keep it up, get you know 10 to you know 10 to 17 wins or more, depending on how the season goes. Like I said, I forget the number of, the number of games that they are going to have, but. If Rutgers can just find a way to stay up there, they can definitely make it to the NCAA tournament. And this might be the year to do so. As for some other notable things around college basketball, Kentucky is really off to a bad start, one in five. Uh, John Calipari is having a really tough time coaching everybody on this team. Execution has not been there, defense has not been there. Uh, there's been a lot of turmoil, a lot of frustration. Uh, Kentucky's really got to do something to turn it around. Um, you know, now Calipari did ask one player to step away because he kind of was, you know, tweeting and kind of, you know, really saying a lot of things on the sideline. Uh, you know, there's a certain standard that, that Kentucky has, and players don't meet that, they're going to be swapped out. So it's very important that Kentucky just, just tries to find a way to win games at this point. I mean, a lot of pride in Calipari and his coaching. I'm sure he's going to get to these guys. They're going to play well, but they just have not looked as good as they should be looking in the early going this season. Could they turn around? Possibly, but it's going to take a lot of effort from those players to step up their game and do well. Ohio State, Creighton, Baylor, they're all looking good as well as the recent performances. Xavier, you know, showing up. So some good teams are coming up, you know, Baylor got to play actually, you know, after a long time as well. They pretty played pretty well. Houston is a team to watch out for. Um, and overall, there's some good, you know, games and storylines heading into week five weeks of the college basketball season. Hopefully we we'll get to see some more top 10 matchups um, and some more competitive games as well in some places. But overall, college basketball is moving along. At, at a good pace, they obviously still have to keep in mind things about the protocols and games. It's very important to give a lot of teams a fair opportunity to make it to the NCAA tournament. Um, and so it's a good sign to see Baylor and Gonzaga back in action this week. And I'm sure we'll be hearing about these teams more and more as the season continues.